ready to go for a new racing season here in St. Peter. Grosjean launches. Grosjean with a great jump. That's what you want. Try to get clear of all those animals coming from behind, and it's Pano Award firing up the inside. Look at Alex below down there in the blue and white car. Three wide through turn one, Townsend. He's going to try the outside of turn two. They're filing through side by side. This is where we oh. see so many problems in contact already for a McLaren. I think that's Rosenquist. Felix Rosenquist with more damage in the back. The track is total oh. chaos. Looks like Devlin Di Francesco airborne. Simon Pagano I see in the wall. His teammate Elio Castro Neves sideways. Huge accident down the track is blocked. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a red flag here. And then you see there the black car. That's Santino Ferrucci into the back of Elio Castro Neves. Devlin Di Francesco goes around. Stingray Rob swerves and hits Pagano. Wow, I have never seen anything like that, Townsend. Let's try for the second time. Here we go. The Firestone Grand Prix is underway. A little bit of oversteered wheel spin from Colin Herta coming at, off the last corner. So a great jump from Roman Grosjean as they all seem to be pretty much in line. It's Marcus Armstrong looking at the inside of Alexander Rossi, but unable to make the pass. And there's a caution on the racetrack. This will give Dixon a bit of an advantage putting on those alternate tires, guys. And this might wind up being a caution. Here's Kyle Kirkwood in the pink car for Auto Nation on the inside of Connor Daly. Tagged the back of the Bitnile Chevy. And that's the cause for this most recent full course caution. Great happens. jump, big wiggle from Scott McLaughlin on the power, same for Pato Award, he's already defending for Marcus Erickson, Erickson saying no, I'm going to stay on the clean side of the racetrack. Alright, here you go, defending winner wants to win again, but Romain Grosjean in that yellow and red DHL Honda wants to win for the first time, Alexander Rossi on his old teammate Colton Herta, around the outside, you've got it, no you don't, Herta fights back. Colton Herta. Oh, it is the oh, We oh. have a car up and over. Kyle Kirkwood's involved. That looks like Jack Harvey as well. Renus VK in the tires. Huge accident. Yellow flag is out. That's the ah. second. You're right. You're right. Second car airborne. Second fully airborne car. Kyle Kirkwood hey, cleared a tabletop. Scott McLaughlin in a Dex Imaging Chevy leads the way over Romain Grosjean. There's the green, let's go. Turn one is a key spot at this track. Dixon has already popped out, trying to get ahead of his teammate. Looking back, Scott Dixon in that orange and blue PNC car has a run on his teammate, Erickson in the red and white, but Erickson tries to defend. Dixon having none of that. And Will Power is looking on. Graham Rahal in the United oh. Rebels car. Great escape. That was closer than you definitely want. As we ride on board the United Reynolds on board of Graham Rahal. Man, that was nearly oh, no. Did exactly what we saw Renus VK do. Down, oh no, that's past turn four. That's turn eight. Wait, this is Colton's on board. Watch how late he decides to try to go around Will Power. So Will Power, the car on your right in front, gets pushed wide by Marcus Erickson. He's offline now. Colton Hurt. Oh, contact. Power. Left front into Colton's right rear as Colton was forcing the issue on the outside. Into the second half of this Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Let's go. McLaughlin at the front. The yellow and red DHL Honda is Romain Grosjean. Here comes Pato Award on the inside. Not quite close enough. Dixon's close to Award. Here comes Alex Pillow on the Whoa. inside. All slipping and sliding, but gathers control. Turn one, look at the yellow car. There's McLaughlin on the right. They're at speed. They may come together. Oh, Whoa. McLaughlin holds the lead. But there's no way I think he'll be able to hold them off on cold tires. Grosjean goes to the outside on hot tires and on the preferred line. Is it possible? No, it's not. Contact. And both of them crashing. And award goes through. Puddle award to the front. That was the move for the race win in both of their minds. And it came down to a simple game. And Pato Award of Arrow McLaren leads this field, leads Ericsson Dixon and his new teammate Alexander Rossi into turn one. Top five are spread out, but it was all kinds of confusion at the back as somebody got really squirrely off the final corner and stacked up positions five through 12. Not done yet. Pato Award could win at St. Peter. Okay, oh, problem. Is something wrong with him? He Erickson a, to the lead. He had a huge slide coming off the corner. He must have had a misshift. Maybe there was an overboost. That's an engine situation that temporarily limits power. And the lead now has gone to Marcus oh, Erickson. 
Well, he drove like we have never seen him drive to win the Indianapolis 500 last May. And now Marcus Ericsson in the Husky Chocolate Honda is a winner again, but this time on the streets of St. Petersburg. Delivers Chip Ganassi the first victory of a new season in the most eventful race. What a drive from Marcus Erickson, who wins at St. Pete. Just the second win ever for Chip Ganassi racing here in the streets of St. Pete. And Marcus does it once again. So impressive last year. Now he wins race number one of 2023. Watch the PPG 375 Sunday, April 2nd at noon on NBC. And with that, welcome to episode eight, if you can believe it or not, of the, the Put Pad podcast. I am Derek Vance, and joining me as uh, as he usually does here uh, for uh, episode, I think uh, thirteen or or fourteen, maybe a little less than that, is my buddy Joshua Robertson. Uh, Josh, I know there's going to be a lot to uh, talk about here uh, as we uh, as this podcast unfolds. Um, but uh, first off, what a uh, what an interesting race! Uh, Twenty seven cars uh, in in that field. Uh, that is the, one of the biggest fields uh, that uh, the NTT IndyCar Series has ever had for a street course. But uh, what a race! Hopefully, you're able to uh, finish it today. And uh, I know everyone is sitting on the edge of their seat uh, to get uh, your uh, your professional thoughts about the race. Well, my biggest one is you can't win the race on the first lap, but you sure the heck can lose it on the first lap. As we saw going into the first turn, uh, people just over anxious. You know, they've been they haven't been they haven't been able to drive a car and you know, competitively for a um, couple months now, and you could tell they they all want they all wanted to get out there and uh, show how fast they could go, and of course one uh, one one. <clears throat> One car became airborne just seconds into the race, which was uh, probably probably a really big uh, really big deal. Yeah, what what you're referring to there for for people that didn't see that um, uh, the Canadian uh, Devlin D Francesca, uh, you know what a uh, unfortunate circumstance I think to uh, to say the least. I know you had a little bit of perspective. Uh, coming from uh, the driver's side there, especially uh, when it comes to us. Uh, but uh, Devlin D. Francesco was one of the one of two cars uh, that that got airborne uh, during the race. And I think the surprising thing, um, and, and a lot of credit, I think, has to go to not only the the NTT IndyCar series, uh, but the car manufacturer in, in Delara. Not only uh, Devlin D. Francesca, uh, but uh, the other uh, individual that escapes me here in a minute that when airborne was able to, especially the hit rather that that Devlin took by that rookie uh, Benjamin Peterson, uh, Devlin was able to uh, walk away uh, without a scratch. Oh yeah, it shows uh, great engineering and how these cars can uh, can take such a uh, such such a hit. I mean, he hit he hit him from the side. There was it wasn't a hit him in the back, he hit him in the front, he hit him from the side, and he he knocked him up probably 10, 15 feet. And the fact that he was able to walk away from that and not have any harm. I mean, when I saw him come out of the trailer and they were interviewing him, he looked like I mean, he was a little shaken up, but he did not look like anything was really wrong with him. No bones broken, no nothing. You know, I would have, I'd be, I'd love to see and know how a, uh, how a hit like that would have happened, how it would have affected a driver back, uh, back when the cars were not as, um, shall we say safe. Um, these, the engineering <clears throat> that goes into these cars and the safety aspect of these cars is just otherworldly. I can't, I can't imagine being in that hit and knowing that you're, I mean, he had no, De Francesco had no power whatsoever to stop any of that. And he's just had to pretty much hold the wheel and pray. And when I, if it was me and I went airborne, I think, uh, I think I'd have to get another driver's suit because uh, I might've soiled mine. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those, um, you know, circumstances where where that backers up a, a little, oh, a little yeah. bit, especially when you know a situation is uh, is out of uh, out of his control. But uh, you know, speaking of on the basically, uh, you know, he didn't cause this first check. Uh, he would want um, uh, Devlin toss him to Airborne. Now you had an interesting perspective I, after watching uh that uh, that crash there uh from the driver's perspective of of benjamin you know we both know indy car here today what was your take on uh, uh peterson and what may have caused him not well, as you know, they sit so low in those cars and they, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at the camera view from, um, from sitting behind the, the camera that's perched right behind the driver and you can see over his head, even that looks low, but they are even more lower into that car into there. So I think what happened was when, uh, Peterson was coming around there, there was a car that was in front of him that swerved to hit to swerve to the right, looked like to avoid DeFrancisco. And at that particular point, it would almost be like, uh, I'll have to, uh, it would be like you being on a, uh, being on a highway and the driver and driver in front of you, you can't, it's a little bit taller than you. You can't really see. And he swerves to the right. And all of a sudden there's a car right there. There's nothing you can do. You can't hit the brakes. You can't swerve to the left because if you're swerving to the left, you're hitting the wall. It, it, there's nothing you could do but but right, drive right into De Francisco, especially when he's when he's sitting like this and you're going like this. I mean, there's there's nothing. You're you're just going right into him. So I don't think you can't you can't really blame that on Peterson. He didn't mean to, and he just yeah, I think just absolutely. could not just could not stop. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't. I don't think this was a of of Peterson, you know, not seeing him or not, you know, not reacting to it. I, I think he was just by the time he did react to it, I think it was it was too late, and you know, and he and he had to accept uh, the fate that uh, that allowed or lied to him. So I, I think you're absolutely right um, there. Um, what an incident we had with uh, the two leaders there. Um, with uh, Scott McLaughlin and uh, Roman Grosjean, I really thought uh, going into this race, uh, as strong as Grosjean was over that weekend, uh, that he may end up finding his way uh, onto the uh, podium and getting his first uh, NTT uh, IndyCar Series victory. But uh, unfortunately, um, that wasn't the case, as you see in the highlights there. Um, I thought, and and again, I want to hear your perspective on that. You just watched the ending of this, but was was. Glocklin there in the wrong um, as he's coming out of the pits there. Uh, you know, he he does beat Grosjean out, give us and in the thirsty threes, yes. Uh, but it a time before the top Roman Grosjean, the warmer tires were uh, Scott McLaughlin. I didn't think McLaughlin gave uh, uh, Grosjean enough room going into the turn and ultimately only. McLaughlin take his car out, uh, but, but he took a great car out in uh, in Roman Grosjean as well. Uh, I, you know what? I'm not going to fault McLaughlin too much. He wants to win uh, just as much as Grosjean does. Um, it's really tough. It's really tough because it's the first first race of the year. You want to you want to win it. You want to get out and get those uh, get those. Uh, those points. Um, I think it's just two competitive racers. I mean, you, you could, you can look at it as Grosjean didn't have enough room. McLaughlin blocked him off, but I think it's just racing. I don't think it was anything intentional. I think, um, I think they were playing a game of chicken and, uh, it just didn't work out for either one of them. Um, I don't think there's any hard feelings about it. I if if I was Grosjean, I wouldn't have any hard feelings. I mean, I'd be upset that I didn't win. I was I was having a I was having a fantastic race, but it's gonna happen throughout the season. Um, 
this is the first race of the year, so it's not it's not exactly going to knock Grosjean or um, McLaughlin out of the out of the chance of winning the big cup at the end of the year. I mean, it's going to they're going to have to they're going to have to regroup and just move on. But uh, overall, I think it was just racing. I, I can't. I can't fault either one of them. They they both have competitive natures and they both wanted to win and just just rubbing, just rubbing his racing. Yeah. I, I think you know what you in there. And I did see uh, all the curse uh, of deer hawk um, Scott over to uh, Roman Grosjean's trailer uh they had a little we like to say and, and everything sounds like it's been pretty much uh smoothed out so that was good to see but it was hard to work running in contention uh for the lead uh not only late in the race but for the majority of the race uh were, were taken out so with those two cars being taken out as we're towards the end of the race here it's uh the uh Pato award um somebody that i know got a lot of a lot of pub especially on this channel uh, being a championship contender, uh, potential 500 uh, winner, as, as well as we slowly creep to the month. Fortunate circumstance that um, to the radio call uh, heading to dinner on Sunday. And what to Pato Award is something that rare, you rarely see in, in IndyCar. And what happened was, as you've seen on there, Pato slows down on lap seven, where it just sounds like it's it's kind of like it was explained to me is when you're driving your car and your car it, it runs out of gas for a split second until it regains a little bit of fuel, everything shuts off, and that's exactly what happened here with Pato Award. Uh, there was the the gas that was supposed to be going to the engine burn off and everything shut down just like if your car runs out of runs out of gas and i hope i explained that correctly so what an unfortunate incident that rarely happens in this part to Pato award because if that doesn't happen to him i don't know if uh, the number eight husky chocolate han driven uh, current indianapolis 500 winner marcus erickson if he's able to ache forward and eventually uh, win the race. It was an unfortunate thing that explosion that happened inside. It's what uh, what they were talking about on the radio, on the uh, on the TV. You know, there was an explosion inside of the engine, and it just uh, the explosion sucked out all the oxygen. Therefore, the intake was not getting anything into there. Um, but I am of the opinion that Erickson was going to be able to catch him. Um, there was about three or four laps to go. And Erickson still had a substantial amount of uh, push to pass to go. Um, he had more, and I think he was laying back. He wasn't trying to overdrive the car, thus uh, possibly blowing up the engine or do or cutting a tire. I think he was just sitting sitting right back there behind Pato, and the the inexperience, I think, um, and the unfortunateness, uh, unluckiness of Pato just in that particular, in that particular instance, just, just allowed Erickson to get back, get by him. Um, if you notice from when Pato took the, took the lead, he was, he got his, he got his lead all the way up to, I think almost two seconds. And as it was going on, the the lead shrunk 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 just you know set uh, millisecond by millisecond and I think if I saw it right Erickson had it down to less than three tenths of a second and I really think that Erickson was sitting there waiting he's like I'm gonna take my time and as soon as soon as uh, soon as this kid makes a mistake I'm gonna drive right by him and even though this wasn't a mistake that that um. Pato did intentionally. It was still something that happened, and I truly think Erickson had had it in the back of his mind. I'm going to win this race, and he did. Won his second race for the uh, second race of his career, and the first time Chip Canassi, I believe, has won at St. Petersburg since uh, I want to say 2011 with uh, Dario. 
actually, I, I think you, you stand correct. I think this is Erickson's uh, third win because oh, he I had, thought it was only a... uh, Nashville. He he had he had Nashville. If you remember uh, a few years ago, it was kind of a similar, the same similar situation uh, in Nashville at their uh, their inaugural race. Um, he goes airborne, and uh, he has to fix his car. He comes back and ends up getting his first career win at Nashville. And then last year, he uh, obviously wins the St. Petersburg on Sunday. So I do believe that is his third out. Chip Canassi for a minute. Chip Canassi, Scott Dixon in particular. Yeah, Scott That's Dixon it, has 65 career victories. In in in, uh, in the NTT IndyCar series, Josh, can you name how many times Scott Dixon has won at St. Petersburg? I believe it's none. Am I correct? Or it's it's zero. Not, Absolutely, it's not, yeah. I was gonna say it's not a substantial amount. Correct. It is zero out of all of uh, Scott Dixon's sixty-five career victories the ice man as they call him he has zero at saint petersburg what a you know inter- interesting stat there to uh to throw in but uh before we get to uh, some of the driver interviews uh, i'll take a look at the at the result our uh, average speed was only 86 miles an hour there was six lead changes and believe it or not uh 26 caution laps uh, fastest uh, was uh, Alex Pillow on lap 68. He was 105 mile an hour. And the fastest leader lap was Scott McLaughlin. Uh, two laps before that on lap 66 uh, when he went 104 miles an hour. Uh, obviously, the race winners we just talked about, uh, Marcus Erickson. Then it was uh, Scott Dixon uh, took the podium. Uh, coming forward, an impressive start uh, for uh, Alec Brock, uh picking up position. Uh, P. So, uh, you know, Errol McLaren off to a, a strong start here in 23, having positions two and four. Uh, surprise here, I thought. Uh, Callum Eilat, uh, P5. Uh, what a great finish there for, for Callum. And then M. Ray Hall, Will Power, Alex Pillow. And Christian Lungard and Malukas uh, round out the top. Oh, you're watching uh, Marcus Armstrong. Remember, he is going to be in that. He's going to split time with him and uh, Takuma Sato. Uh, Marcus uh, Armstrong. I always want to say Marcus, but uh, Marcus Armstrong is going to be on your street and road courses in the number 11 uh, Ridgeline Honda for Chip Ganassi. Right? It took us a little time, and he will be on the ovals in that same car. Uh, highest finishing rookie, other rookie there uh, at uh, Hunkos Hollander, uh, Augustin uh, Capino. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting name all year. Uh, he finished 12th. Uh, McLaughlin, Connor Daly, uh, Noblesville, Indiana native. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, next rookie. I know, Josh, you love saying this name. Uh, Stingray Rob came home in uh, P16. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, Roman Grosjean, Felix Rosenquist, and Colton Herta round out the top 20. Uh, then it's uh, Renus VK uh, struggles for uh, uh, Ed Carpenter Racing in, uh, in Renus VK on Sunday. Uh, Jack Harvey, uh, Elio Castroneves, Tino Ferrucci, uh, Devlin DeFrancesca, uh, Simon Pagano, and then rookie Benjamin Pearson round out your 27. So let's get uh, Josh uh, to to uh, to uh, that able to uh, to get to there on Sunday, and then we'll come back and we'll take the points. Obviously, It'll be just a spitting splitting image of what the uh, results were, and then we'll talk about our picks because I think we both uh, missed, missed on on Sunday when it came to our picks of uh, the race. But before we get to all, let's take a round. I was going to say take a look, but let's uh, take a listen to some of our post-race. Good day here on St. Pete, P20 up to P6. Uh, was able to pass some guys today, force some guys into mistakes. I thought our strategy was solid starting on those blacks, and uh, we were able to keep the reds underneath us. Obviously, there's a lot of yellows in that 
uh, period as well, but still it worked for us and then strong black run to the finish. So uh, it was nice too, it was rewarding because you know when we got had, had guys like Power behind me and others, we were able to fend them off and didn't feel under, under too much pressure. So the guys did a great job, off we go to Texas. Hey guys, raised on here in St. Pete. Uh, it was a tough day for us, very frustrating. Uh, we tried some different stuff on strategies, it kind of worked out, but uh, yeah, just did a couple of mistakes and cost us quite a lot. But anyway, uh, finished at P8, I believe. Uh, won a race with Marcus and another podium with Scott, so big day for the team. And the car was fast, so we just need to get together again, uh, get ready for Texas, and we're in the fight, so it's gonna be a great season for sure. Run it. St. Petersburg done first race. Run it. St. Petersburg done first race. A long and tough one with a lot of yellows. Uh, quite frustrating. Um, seemed to struggle a bit with getting the, the tires to work. Um, so every uh, restart was just uh, misery um, and survival. But I think we, we need to be happy to have two cars in, in the top 10. Unfortunate uh, for Jack. Uh, glad to hear that he's okay. But uh, we got some points. It was a tough race. We, we struggled with a lot of different, different things. Uh, just before the race, the, the drink system broke. Uh, so didn't have that during the race either. Um, struggles and brakes, some uh, some gear shifts. So um, it's good to to get points. You know, get the car over the line. We saw a couple of laps to the end. One of the cars retired with a, with a mechanical. So so that's good for us. I think the pace was was really good towards the end. So, so we gotta we gotta look at the positives. Um, but over over a race, I, I don't think we're quick enough yet. So uh, we've got some work to do. A, a good one considering what happened at the beginning uh, when we got we tried to well someone tried to do us and basically just gave us a puncture so from then on it was always an uphill battle but the boys did a good job we had really good pace and we got some half decent points so um, first race under my belt it's pretty uh, pretty crazy there was a lot of crashing a lot of chaos just trying to keep my nose clean after that initial hit with uh, my locust, but it was a pleasure, the car was mega, as you can see, first and third with Marcus and Scott, so that'll be us soon. I'm really, really happy, finished P12 on my first race in IndyCar, incredible. I am very exhausted, but I am alive. <laughs> I'm really, really, really happy, thanks to Ricardo Juncos, Vlad Hollinger and the whole team for this opportunity. What a day! <laughs> I mean, we started at 23, uh, back in the field, went through turn 3 on the opening lap, contact on all four corners, and somehow able to make it back to pit lane. The guys got the car back together in time. Uh, we went down a lap at some point during the race, but got it back later in the race and saw, I think, everything that is possible in a race. Um, cars flying through the air, punctures, tire barriers, concrete walls. I mean, everything got used on this racetrack. I learned a lot. That last stint was pretty good. I was pretty happy to finish um, where we did. I mean, considering where we started the, the race in turn three there. Um, so huge shout out to the crew. They worked their tail ends off this weekend. And uh, yeah, that 51 Honda is doing pretty good. Short-lived race for us here at uh, AJ Coit. So, um, especially for both cars, it's a big bummer for the team. Nothing you can do. I mean, huge accordion effect for the car crashing in front of us and coming back to where we were starting. Uh, you know, we had a clean start through one and everything was looking good. And uh, yeah, fortunately, just got caught up in that at the end and nothing we can do. And uh, yeah, we look forward to the next race at TMS. Uh, super unfortunate uh, end of our weekend here. Uh, super unfortunate uh, end of our weekend here with uh, 
being involved, the two cars being involved in this crash. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of expected uh, a hectic start like this, but uh, the position I was in made it difficult to avoid. And uh, I saw they checked up, so I slowed down, stayed on the inside as I could. And there was a hole there, but uh, Stingray Rob had turned right, or good push there, and took the hole away and, and went basically crashed. So, very unfortunate for the team. We have good cars, uh, and I wanted to start the season on a better note. But uh, we'll regroup and uh, put Texas in a better way. Uh, yeah, unfortunately not the, the start to my first IndyCar. Uh, yeah, unfortunately not the, the start to my first IndyCar race that I was hoping for. Um, yeah, coming through turn one, um, everything was very textbook. We were looking pretty decent, to be honest, for to make progress. And then... Uh, Coming through three, I noticed there was like a little bit of your typical race flow traffic. Um, but yeah, as soon as I came through uh, three, which is a blind corner, then there was just a pile up of cars. Cars were horizontal, um, slammed on the brakes to to do my best possible job to not be involved and looked for a gap, but there was just no gaps or holes to, to squeeze my car into. And um, yeah, unfortunately it hit um, Devlin straight on at pretty high speed and um, it, it was definitely a, a big hit unfortunately um, I'm totally fine got my hands off the wheel um, so yeah devastated for the team um, feel like we didn't really get a chance today um, we just yeah got caught out and um, honestly the car felt really good in warm-up we were doing really well with fuel mileage so I, I honestly think we had a definitely a very good potential today for the race so um, yeah, can't wait to get back to work with the, the whole team and um, go testing at Barber soon for another rookie test. And um, honestly, I wish we could go tonight or tomorrow and go testing already, but um, we'll have to wait a little bit. But very, very enthusiastic to get back to work and um, yeah, go racing again. Uh, huge thank you to all of the uh, drivers uh, that we were able to uh uh, get uh, get interviews for and and Josh, I know you were probably paying attention uh, to that last one there, uh, Benjamin Peterson. Uh, he kind of said the same thing. I think that you uh, you know alluded to that earlier with the, with, with what uh, you seen uh, with him behind the wheel, and and now you kind of uh, get an idea as to uh, what uh, what he's seen uh, coming out of of turn three uh, on lap one. Yeah, I mean he basically like. Like I was saying, he couldn't see. He could. He didn't have a hole anywhere else to the left. He, to the left, he was going into the wall. To the right, he was maybe gonna make it. He, but I don't think. I don't think either way. I mean, it was just uh, you know, like you said, take his hands off the wheel, and he was going. He was going, um, and just hoping that everything turned out for the best. <clears throat> um, yes, I want to thank all the drivers that were uh, that were very cooperative and giving us interviews for this. Uh, Great podcast of ours. Yep, yeah, uh, absolutely, and uh, we uh, we hope to be able to uh, work with them, uh, you know, each and every uh, race uh, race weekend, and give you and bring you uh, the best uh, interview possible. Uh, before we get to uh, to our picks, uh, the tweeted out there on on sunday and we'll see uh you know which one of us was able to uh, uh to have the uh, highest finishing uh, pick and uh, uh pick up one point from uh, st petersburg we do have uh, uh you know show some love to uh, the two sponsors uh that we talked about in, in our last show uh that have come on board uh to uh to offer uh, all the listeners i think two, two great products two great uh, services uh the first is that uh, we'll we'll throw these uh up here on screen uh always ready 1776 if you're into uh patriotic apparel uh headwear and more then i would highly advise you uh not just because they're a sponsor of the of the show ladies and gentlemen uh but i would highly uh advise you to go check out what they have to offer in in the likes of apparel uh headwear and and more at alwaysready1776.com. And as you see up on the screen, if you do uh, decide to uh, or find something uh, there that you want to purchase, 
Make sure uh, you use that uh, promo code that you see up on your screen. Push to pass for 10% off of your order. Always ready, 1776.com. And then also to uh, get them associates uh, design and remodeling uh, contractors. Um, I may have to use these, uh, use this, uh, use these individuals here with some uh, remodeling work uh, that I have to do, but uh, for all your design build and remodeling needs, remember it's get uh, As you uh, see again, uh, promo code down there at the bottom, uh, push to pass for $250 off any design services. So a huge thank you to both always ready 17, 76 and get them associates go check those out today for your patriotic apparel headwear and design build and remodeling needs so a huge thank you again as always to uh, both of those uh, sponsors and if you do own a business uh, uh you know something that you want to uh you know get out there uh to the people uh you can contact us here at uh push to pack we'll uh, we'll uh you know uh, message back and forth and then uh, maybe we can uh, set something can be the new sponsor of the push to pass podcast but uh getting back to uh st petersburg we both uh made some bold uh picks i think on on sunday uh, josh and uh i ended up going I, I thought that the winner of the race would be uh colton herda which for the most part, I thought that was a pretty uh, decent pick until uh, uh, Herta found himself into the tire barrier and ended up finishing 20th. Now, you uh, went with uh, Alex Pillow, who obviously is going to be his last year at uh, Chip Canassi, uh, where he is at in, in 2024 uh, still remains to be seen. And I think something else uh, with Alex Pillow, uh, Josh, I think he has defined uh, what a contract uh, really is uh, if you go back to the off season. But with that being said, uh, Alex Pillow, not only uh, did he uh, ended up in a, a top 10 finish, uh, but he finished in P8. So the first point of the 2023 season uh, goes to uh, Josh with uh, ended up getting uh, Alex Pillow is a higher finisher than my pick. Colton heard it. So congratulations over to Josh. And I can see he is patting himself uh, on the back as we speak. See right there. Now let's take a look at, uh, at, at the points after one race. Obviously uh, it's going to, uh, to reflect uh, how everyone finished on Sunday. Uh, so right now your points leader after one race is Marcus Erickson. That is uh, uh Pato award, Scott Dixon, Alexander Rossi, Col Callum Eilat, Graham Rahal, Will Power, Alex Pillow, the aforementioned Alex Pillow, uh, Christian Lungard, and David Malukas round out the top 10. Then it is Scott McLaughlin, Marcus Armstrong, uh, Augustin Camp Campino. That's going to be a tough one all year. I see this coming already. Uh, Connor Daly, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, Stingray Rob, Roman Grosjean, uh, Joseph Newgarden, Felix Rosenquist, and then Mike, my pick, Colton Herter rounds out the top 20. Then it is Renus VK, Jack Harvey, Elio Castroneves, Santino Ferrucci, Benjamin Peterson, Simon Pagano, and De Francesca round out the top 27. So uh, that's your look at the results and uh, point standing. We stand after uh, one race. Uh, Josh, you have anything to add before our next guest uh, uh, steps in here? And uh, we'll take a look at uh, something that's in your wheelhouse, uh, the betting aspect of, uh, of IndyCar. But before we get anything else that uh, you want to uh, talk about before we uh, put a big red bow on the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Well, if St. Petersburg is any indication of how this season's going to go, strap in. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a bumpy ride. You know, we got two cars have gone airborne so far. Uh, just competitive racing, and it's going to be a long season, and I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like we said, uh, you know, St. Petersburg, there was uh, 27 cars uh, on the on the starting grid. Uh, that's one of the biggest fields. Uh, I believe that the uh, NTT IndyCar series has has ever had. So you've seen all of the excitement and uh, drama 
uh, that uh, St. Petersburg had to offer. You know, I can only imagine in, in a few weeks' time uh, when uh, when the boys uh, strap it up at uh, Texas Motor Speedway uh, for the I think it's the the PPG 375. I think it's what that is. They strap it up uh, at uh, Texas Motor Speedway on an oval. Uh, it's going to be I think it's going to be an interesting race. Um, I, I haven't seen, and I don't know if you have. Uh, any of the uh, TV ratings uh, yet to uh, come out. I know it's on Sunday. Not only was it on Peacock, uh, but it was on NBC as well. So I'm curious to see um, if, if, what the bump viewership uh, would be over the last year and then compare last year's uh, ratings uh, to uh, to this year's as well. I have not seen any as of yet. Um, I would assume that they're – with uh, with them being on NBC, they got to be a little bit higher. Um, also, being on this is their second or third year being on Peacock, so those fans that uh, that were on the road and couldn't uh, couldn't get a hold of their local NBC affiliate, they could watch it on Peacock. Uh, that's what I did. I watched a little bit while I was uh, at work on Peacock, but um, <clears throat> I also film. I also. Uh, Recorded the race. I'm actually watching it again right now in the uh, right ahead of me, but uh, uh, I can't. I can't imagine the TV ratings were uh, were too bad. I'm actually looking. Yeah, as soon as um, as soon as I see those come out uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I said I have not seen them yet. Um. But as soon as I can find them on Twitter, if they are released or when they do get released. Um, we will definitely uh, tweet those out uh, for everyone. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I thought going into this race, uh, just watching some of the commercials that were running and, and, and some of the branding, you know, that's an issue I think we had uh, last year. And, and then we talked about uh, um, at length at times this year was sometimes the way uh, IndyCar, you know, brands itself. I, I think that's one of the things that I think they need to work on. But I thought – um, just some the way they hyped this race up beginning of the year um, and, and putting it on on a major net. Um, hopefully they bump and bump an eyeball because I think there's a lot of people that enjoy uh, watching IndyCar. You know, you, you see how many drivers have crossed over, you know, from NASCAR to uh, to IndyCar and, and vice versa. And I think it'd be a trend that I think we're going to see for a long time to come. You had, you know, your, your favorite driver there, Jimmy Johnson. Um, and then you have, you know, next year for the 500, you have uh, Kyle Larson is going to try to run the uh, Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600. So it's going to be interesting to see how many uh, you know, going down the line uh, NASCAR drivers uh, want to try to cross over and, and go into IndyCar. And then you remember too, you know, they have that, uh, that road course event, uh, here in Indianapolis, uh, beginning of August, where you have uh, the NASCAR guys out at out at the Brickyard a lot of weekend, that IndyCars out there. So you know we know from past experience how many IndyCar drivers are out there watching when the NASCAR uh, boys and girls are on the track, and then vice versa. So it's going to be interesting to see how many drivers uh, do cross over, and you know, does it bring extra viewership? Does it bring uh, extra eyeballs? I think that's uh, something that's going to remain to be seen yeah um i did see a few more a uh, few more uh commercials leading up to this one um i i think what indycar needs most is the drivers are fantastic at going to the sponsor events but a lot of times the sponsor events unless you're um Unless you're on Twitter a lot, following them, you, you you really don't know what what's going on. You know, here in Indy, they have a lot of meet and greets with the drivers. But what what I think IndyCar needs to do is they need to push their push that their sponsors have more TV uh, TV commercials with with their with the drivers that are uh, being sponsored by these different uh, these different companies. You know, you see a lot of uh, Hooters. Um, Hooters has a, has a big campaign with uh, Chase Elliott that they do where uh, you know they're all it's they they blast hey come watch come watch the race come watch Chase Elliott the, in the Hooters car. I don't really see a lot of a uh, lot of uh, you know 
different um, different companies that sponsor these that sponsor these uh, these drivers in IndyCar. I don't see them making commercials for the nation for you know to show out all throughout the United States to get more viewers in. Uh, that's one big thing that I think uh, IndyCar still needs to work on. But they're they're getting they're getting there um, slowly slowly but surely. Yeah, definitely not. You know, ever you know, uh, say that you've you've branded uh, the best you can or something that uh, you know you're you're always learning uh, new ways to uh, to brand yourself and and it's going to be interesting to see you know with IndyCar being on the USA Network, uh, being on Peacock, and then being on. Uh, NBC, uh, if they, uh, you know, if we get to see more commercials and, and getting the the name and the brand uh, out there, uh, definitely something uh, to watch. But as I talked about, <clears throat> you know, we did this year, and and I and I love a segment of the show. That's why I decided uh, to to come back, make a cup, make it, bring it back in in 2023. And, and what I'm talking about is the the betting aspect. Uh, of uh, of IndyCar, which I think is an ex-guest of ours who is a friend of the show. We'll be able to talk about this, but Mike from is joining us. And uh, Mike, first and foremost, glad to in uh, 2023. What a uh, wild, I think, is to say, uh, race that we had on, on Sunday. Um, I know we didn't have you on to, to preview. I had an obligation to uh, what was some of the uh, the bets that you were looking at? I know you were scrambling uh, around uh, all weekend looking for odds and things about a race. What were some of the bets that uh, that you were looking at? Well, yeah, kind of, you know, I just heard uh, Josh talking about, you know, things IndyCar needs to do. And, man, IndyCar, the, the betting market really, frankly, I don't know other way to put it besides sucked uh, for this race. Um, IndyCar didn't – well, this is not IndyCar's fault, but, I mean – uh, you could say it is in the fact that they're not really partnering up with any of the the DraftKings or the FanDuel's of the world or the Caesars of the world in sports books, which is a huge industry now and uh, across all you know most of the states in the country. But um, we didn't have any odds pre-race, so that really uh, was a bummer. There are a lot of guys looking to bet Kirkwood at forty to one, fifty to one pre-race, which would have been a great ticket to have, even though it wouldn't have, wouldn't uh, wouldn't have cashed in the end after he went flying, but um but uh yeah man so it ended up uh, we didn't get matchups uh which is the key to making money and when it comes to to betting on on racing but we had an outright market and we had a top three market so um you know my card uh in the end uh was uh i had herda uh at four to one uh which was a good spot to be in i thought at in second place didn't didn't trust grosjean he was a full fade uh also had some money on pato at five to one which uh, we can we can talk about that in a second. I'm a little little saucy about that. Uh, I was at the race. I was there all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was hanging out with Tony uh, from Burnout Sports and uh, got to meet and talk to a lot of people. Talked a lot of gambling with a lot of people about uh, IndyCar gambling. There's a lot of people that are interested in it and guys, uh, you know, just hoping hoping IndyCar can push it some more. Um, probably the best the best bet we made all weekend was uh, Erickson at three to one for a top uh, top three. Uh, so to get him at three to one for a top three was awesome. Um, I did not want him to win that race. I needed him to come in second and Pato to come in first. That would have been a big payday for me across the board. Pato was five to one. Uh, I also had money on Scotty McLaughlin, which was looking awesome as well. That was nine to one. That was the one bet uh, I made pre pre qualifying. Uh, and he's sitting there winning the race, and then him and Grosjean put in the wall. I mean, it was man, this was the perfect race for sports gambling and sports betting for any car. I got I got hundreds of messages from people that said, you know, that was the most exciting sweat. It made the race so much better. Whether they had money on Grosjean, whether they had money on Scotty Mack, whether they had money on Herta, uh, whether they had money on Erickson, like or, or Pato, uh, it was awesome to kind of like watch. It was back and forth. It was great. Like I was sitting there you know, end of the race. I'm like, okay, I'm good to go with Scotty Mack. I got a nine to one ticket. Erickson's in third. I cash his three to one. And then all of a sudden, you know, Grosjean and, and Scotty put it in the wall. Then I'm like, oh, sweet. Pato's in the lead. I got him sitting at five to one. Um, and then, uh, and then I can't believe like Erickson, Erickson and me, I have, uh, I have a bad history with Erickson. I have, I have been on uh place bets on the guys that have finished second in every single one of his wins. And, uh, 
there's some guys that are putting it out on Twitter. Some of his wins have just been wild. Every every race has had a red flag, and and he's only led I think a total of 13 laps in his four wins. And I've I've uh so he's cost me a lot of money. Uh, thank God I had that three to one ticket on him that, that eased the pain. Uh, but man, this was a perfect perfect race to promote gambling, and it's really uh, it's still disappointing that just any car just didn't get odds out, or or there wasn't a sports book that felt like it was worth it to put any car odds out uh before the race so that's pretty much how the race went down man it was a it was a fun race to bet on but again kind of feel like we took a step backwards in terms of some of the things we saw um happening with sports gambling and, and sports wagering and indycar uh as the year progressed last year mike do you think that's more indycar is hesitant to go and try to partner with the uh, sports books or do you think the sports books just have little to no interest in in putting any odds out for that uh i put that on any car man I, I have friends in the in the on the sports book side of things um and and they want volume they want people betting money um uh you know they're willing to even post you know they caught you know bad odds um i, I think a lot of that's on any card not to actually reach out over you know in, in the indy 500 did it last year with caesars they had caesars on site that was awesome um a birdie kind of told me uh, at the race, a uh, person I ran into, I got to speak with about it, said that that's probably that partnership's probably not happening again this year, which is just super disappointing, um, you know, going forward. And uh, I think IndyCar, they have to embrace it a little bit. And I frankly just think they don't care. That was that was a hot topic for uh, a lot of people that we ran into. We ran into some of the guys from the F1 Money Gang who were covering it. We ran into Joey Milano. Uh, we ran into several people. Um, I even mentioned it to Townsend Bell. And Hinch, uh, who I ran into just in the paddock, uh, and they kind of kind of cold shouldered me on the sports gambling talk. <laughs> but uh, um, and it's it's I think it's IndyCar's you know burden. I think they gotta uh, put a little money, but I I think they're happy with the money that they're making, and I just don't think they have a desire to really to really grow into that demographic. So I think uh, I think it's a mistake. That's a t- yeah, that is a very big mistake because a lot of people like myself unless it's my favorite team, I have no interest in watching like a sporting event, but if I have money on it, let's say you got next year, you got the Ohio state um, North, I mean, uh, Notre Dame game. I despise both those teams, but if I have money on one of them, it's much more interesting to watch. And I think they would get a lot more eyes on IndyCar if they were to go with a uh, you know a bet bet MGM or a Caesars get 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 that on one of their cars or get you know Indy gets MGM and Caesars on one one car and the other you know you could you could advertise both of them yeah I agree uh, they you know they they dipped their toes into it like the problem is you know they had the whole points bet with NBC NBC's got part uh partnerships with them they used to talk about it on the broadcast I I didn't uh, get to see the pre-race. I rewatched the race on recording. I don't know if they if they talked about it, uh, but they they you know they had the guys Lee Duffy Townsend talking about uh, the odds and stuff before the race. The problem was like it was just half-assed. They didn't they didn't uh, sometimes they quote the wrong odds. They didn't really know what they're talking about. Like they they can just do a much better job of it. And look, if you partner with the sportsbook, then guess what? The sportsbook's going to post your odds like. There was a full menu of like nitro rally cross. There, you could bet on darts for Christ's sakes, like on DraftKings. And DraftKings didn't put out any IndyCar odds till Sunday morning. So that's just uh, it was frustrating. There were a lot of people kind of yelling about it on Twitter, and and uh, man, we were sitting on our phones just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing after every practice session, just trying to find odds to talk about. And um, it, it sucked, but there, I can tell you, there's a lot of interest because. Uh, you know, people were, uh, you know, I got a lot of interest in, on Twitter and people were like, hey, what's going on? What do you see? And where are these odds? And I was just like, yeah, this, they were stunned. Like, I was like, yeah, this is kind of how it goes for IndyCar. It's just not, they're just not promoting it. It's just not out there. And the sports books just really don't seem to, you know, don't seem to care as much. So hopefully, you know, maybe it's just the first race. Um, I'm going to cross my fingers that, you know, when Texas comes and the 500 comes, you know, we get more bets out there. But, uh, it was just a small market. It was just top threes and, and then outright winners, which is, you know, which is tough to make money in, in IndyCar series, which is so, so competitive. I saw you put a uh, 
preseason bet on Erickson as the under at one and a half. And I said, when I saw Erickson win, the, I was like, oh, that's got to make Mike so, so nervous now. I mean, they, to come out and win the very first one when you got him at, uh, at under one and a half is just. Tell you, man, that guy, that guy's killing me. Like, <laughs> that race, that was another reason why I cannot believe, like, a Chevy engine had a what is it a pl- a pl- well, I don't even know a plantum what is it I don't even know what it was the hiccup the engine him yeah the, the hiccup, engine hiccups on three laps to go whatever they call it yeah. I heard the explanation um, I was like I was in the stands and uh, and and Tony sitting next to me and he had money on Erickson at nine to one so he's cheering for you know we're going back and forth and we were betting on whether it be another caution we were betting on a couple of different things and. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he was he one guy, you know, was one guy triumphed and I was crying. So yeah, that hurts, man. I'm gonna look, I, I actually funny enough, like I just I don't think he was gonna win any. Like I thought I, I was on you I would have paid money for zero. Uh, so I still have a half a race in the bag. He's gonna have to win another. You know, like last year, there were a lot of guys that only picked up one race the entire year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sweat that. There might be some hedging involved um if i think we get to a street course that he has a shot at um but honestly i don't think he should have won that race you know i mean he won but i think it was Pato's race i think for a while it was either scotty or grosian's race hurt hurt knocked himself out for sure uh with his missed tire management but uh yeah, it was a great race it was a great first race it was a great rest race to to bet on it was everything about uh makes the race exciting because the betting happened in that race for sure so still made a little bit of money with uh i had a paddle top five so at least the engine didn't totally cut out uh, and he still came in second. And then the Ericsson, you know, hitting somebody at three to one for a top three is a, is a nice little, uh, it's a nice, nice number. That was basically, I, I bet the number cause I don't like the driver, but you know, you bet if you want to be successful, you bet numbers, um, not drivers and, and three to one for that guy. I don't know. He was starting fourth. You don't get that usually. So the sports books messed that up. I wish I would have bet more on that actually. Um, but yeah, would have been nice if it would have been flip flop for me and I wouldn't, have, I still had had two races in the bag, but we'll see how the under one and a half goes. I'm not, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> Derek freeze on us. <laughs> I think he did. Um, so. And are you there? off. Are you there, Derek? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Just to uh, to place you didn't you didn't uh, going into weekend's race with everything you know new teams new drivers etc. And then and um, someone like you or or Tony uh, to. Hey Derek, you're very cut up. So uh, we get any of that, Josh. <laughs> I didn't. I, I'm hearing bits and pieces of it, but uh, um. So you, you do you think do you think there's going to be more uh, more you you anticipate more odds being put out uh, for the Texas race than there was for this race? You know you're. You, I know I heard you were saying that you think it was just because of the first race, but yeah, I, th- I think that that's, I'm going to, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I'm going to hope that's the case. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if they're going to have more or not, usually, you know, as we get to the summer races, the other sports, you know, the big major sports go away uh, and maybe the books will pay more attention, but you know, F one's getting more and more. I, I noticed the F one markets like they're, Man, you could bet on who came in last. You could bet on every place there was. There was there was probably a thousand different bets you can make on F1, uh, you know, versus any car. There's there's two, just two, um, and same thing with NASCAR. So I don't know. Like the books could be just putting more attention on those two those two sports, which man, I think it's a big mistake. And uh, you know, I think IndyCar, I think it's on IndyCar a little bit. To like I said, to to reach out and put some partnerships together. But you know, from what everybody, I you know, everything I told, you know. IndyCar likes the, uh, they're not going to do anything unless they get paid for it kind of deal. Um, and then, you know, I think, I think the sports books might even be willing to pay for partnerships. So I don't know. I don't know what the holdup is there. You know, I, I have my hypothesis. If it's, 
just some of the people who are running the show just aren't a fan of it. But a lot of people running the shows are in NASCAR and NASCAR has got a huge betting market and they have cars sponsored by BetMGM and, and, uh, and other sports books. So, uh, man, fingers crossed that Texas, we have some more. I mean, I'm sure we'll have uh, to win odds. I'm sure we'll have top threes again. Uh, but what you really want to see is matchups and you want to see top fives and you want to see some over-unders on car, you know, you know, some prop bets here and there. Um, they do usually always put out something for Indy. I'm sure Indy will be good. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about with, uh, with Indy 500, especially since you have a good month leading up to it. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Fingers crossed that we have more to talk about before Texas. Yeah. Um, I think it's no coincidence. The fact that uh, there was more, there's more betting options on NASCAR and F1 due to the fact that F1, of course, this year is going to have that uh, inaugural race going down, uh, going down Las Vegas Boulevard in November and also uh, NASCAR races in Las Vegas every year. So um, really, really hoping that uh, IndyCar can, can step in because, they're they're missing out on a huge huge market and i don't know if they understand that or not it's sports betting in this country has exploded to where i think indiana broke a broke they they broke us a a record in during the football season of like 11.7 or no it was 158 million dollars bet between during the playoffs i mean and that for indiana that's that's huge for sports betting and i think i think indycar is just missing out on it and it's very disappointing to me as a as an avid as an avid gambler and I've, i didn't bet on this particular race because i didn't know too much about any of the teams <clears throat> i mean i know what what happened last year but i always like to give it a give it a race so i'll be betting uh whatever i can on the uh, on the texas race yeah, well, you know, keep tuned in to, uh, to my Twitter uh, at Indian underscore bed, and, and uh, I'll make sure, you know, I, I, I stay on top of it because I'm, you know, looking to make some money from it, and I enjoy doing it, and I'll be watching all the races, and I'll have action, and, and I try to do it in a, in a smart way. Um, so, uh, you know, been a, been a profitable last couple of years, so, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep your eye out. And then uh, I always post my card for free, let everybody know what I'm betting. It's, you know. If I, if I put it out there, then I got money on it. So I got skin in the game too. So uh, you can see how that works out. And hopefully, you know, it's going to be a tough year if I don't get matchups all year. That's usually where um, top threes and matchups, top fives is usually where you make the most money. You might only hit, I think I maybe only hit two, three winners last year. It's tough in any car um, to do that unless you, you know, unless you bet a ton of guys each race, but then it's, you know, you don't make a ton of money. Um, so yeah, man. So uh, we'll, we'll keep at it and hopefully, uh, hopefully, and fingers crossed it starts to explode a little bit. We get more stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. Derek, are you back? Well, I think we lost Derek for a little while, uh, unless you're there. What's going on? Uh, um, uh, Mike, anything else uh, that you want to uh, hit on? I know no, man. Uh, that's it. Man, I appreciate you. Uh... Appreciate you guys talking about it, having it on. I think the more, the more people I've got, you know, a lot of people reached out to me to do some podcasts and and do some other things. So I, I am excited about that. You know, uh, there was a couple of hundred more Twitter followers popping up asking about gambling. So that's always like a good sign to me that like there's way more people interested in, in it. So uh, man, I think we all just keep talking about it and putting it out there. And then you know maybe one day you know you'll be sitting here. Uh, talking about a betting segment sponsored by MGM bet MGM about IndyCar and we can all, and uh, you know, we can, we can all wish for that. But uh, man, I think, uh, you know, like I said, fun race, fun first race. And I'm excited uh, to be uh, having back in IndyCar season for a couple months here. Thanks for coming on, Mike. We uh, greatly appreciate all you do and uh, for the betting community and uh, all your great knowledge. And uh, we'll, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep an eye on, Keep an eye on Twitter for all your all your picks for uh, te uh, Texas here in a couple weeks. Sweet, man. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Later, man. Josh, good uh, good stuff there uh, from Mike, uh, as always. Uh, make oh, yeah. sure you uh, you follow him on 
on social media. Uh, obviously, as you see, uh, his uh, social media there uh, scrolling at the uh, bottom. But uh, I do believe looking at uh, the itinerary, I think that does it for us for uh, episode number uh, 18. Uh, anything else, Josh, uh, that you want to add before we get to the uh, closer and, uh, and we get on out of here? No, uh, I, well, actually, I mean, I, it, this was a great race for me to watch. Um, I'm getting more and more excited about watching this and, uh, on your enthusiasm about the sport, like I said, has, uh, brought me more and more into watching and, and knowing what's going on. Um, I'm looking forward to an exciting season and, uh, having, having lots of talks with you. And if, uh, RC comes on occasionally we can get his, uh, his perspective as a, as a, as a dri- as a current driver. Um, and, uh, it's going to be a fun time. There's uh, we'll be doing some, some shows where, uh, we'll have actually been at the race. Um, and, uh, hopefully we can get some, get some interviews with some drivers up close and personal. Yep. Uh, absolutely. We definitely have a, a long season uh, ahead of us uh, for sure. And, uh, can't wait to, to uh, bring all of the uh, the content interviews, uh, etc., to uh, to everyone. So uh, we'll be back, uh, and uh, in a few weeks' time, it'll be uh, the PPG 375, the Texas Motor Speedway, uh, that uh, will be the next uh, show. Uh, next time you see us, we'll be previewing that. So uh, for myself, uh, Josh, and everyone else here at the push to pass podcast. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. I know I got to get my internet, uh, uh, fixed. Hopefully I'll get a few weeks to, uh, uh, to do that. Uh, make sure, uh, follow the show, uh, spread it far and wide, uh, because, you know, we do this for everyone out there in uh, IndyCar nation. So a uh, huge thank you to everyone. And uh, we'll be back in a few weeks time previewing the PPG 375 from the Texas motor speedway. Let's push here, closing up the Pato. Pato's going to have to react. Let's close the gap. Go in. All right, push, push, push. We're going to go at least a lap or two. Let's push, push, push everything you got. Erickson has twice the amount of push to pass as Pato Award does. All right, keep it up. Pato's guys are getting jumpy. You're faster than Pato. It'll be a uh, night fight till the end. It is tight, just half a second. And the next time by, there'll be just four laps left. Okay, Is something wrong with him? He Erickson to the lead. Let's focus forward here. There's going to be two to go. That was just a plenum of for Pato, so he'll be at full pace. Gap to award, 1.5, white flag. Bring it home. Marcus Erickson in the Husky Chocolate Honda is a winner again, but this time on the streets of St. Petersburg. Yes, yes, yes. Nice job, dude. Checkered flag. Hell of a drive. Way to get this thing started. Great job, team. Let's go! Yes! Good job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Get down here. I want to get your pretty face on TV and victory line. Nice work, dude. Nice work. Go!